hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Uh, guys, I can't wait to dive into this conversation today with my really good friend, my sister, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we have uh, just become friends. Uh, we live in the same town and never see each other. Yeah, I'm just going to fanboy for a minute and just tell you, I just, I just love Dustin Bryant. I think she's a great human being. Great mother, great uh, wife, great just person. And uh, I want you guys to hear that. So I probably won't cut very much of this because it's so raw and so fun. Uh, and I want you to hear. Uh, we get in some really good conversations, but we also just have some fun together. Guys, I couldn't do this show without my friends over at Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network for a reason. Uh, they have no lengthy contracts, no upfront fees, no sign-up fees, no fees at all, really. Uh, they just work off a commission split. That's only off the business that they bring to the table, like the, the carriers they bring to the table, those contracts, uh, not um, any of your existing. And they're your contracts, it's your business, not theirs. And they love to help you and see you succeed. And they even help you get to contingency and bonus sharing that much quicker. They used to, they even go out and negotiate higher commissions for you and lower volume commitments. You want to make sure you hook up. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Also, my good friends over at Canopy Connect. Canopy Connect is uh, your one-click solution to get into deck pages. You need to quote your prospects. The team over there do a phenomenal job. Um, all, all you got to do is just send this link that they customize for your agency to your prospects, to your referral partners. And once they click that link, all their deck pages all their uh, claim info, all of their history, everything they've got on that uh, policy is uploaded to your dashboard and you have an opportunity to quote it right then there without the back and forth, without the hassle. Dude, I, I just love, love working with Canopy Connect. They're a good, uh, good company, good people. Uh, and that's what makes it even better. Uh, not only is it a good company, but they're just great people. Uh, you can trust what they say, Robert, Tolga, uh, Casey, the whole team, and they keep growing and growing and growing. When I first started working with them, it was it was just uh, Tolga, I feel like. And now it's grown, and they're, they're doing such a great job. Everyone that I've sent their way just raves about Canopy Connect and how it changed the game for their agency and their customer experience journey. Guys, uh, I really can't say uh, enough good things about them, but I do want to get into the episode that I've got with uh, my good friend, uh, Dustin Bryant. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation. Conversation. <laughs> Again, starting with the awkwardness already. Dustin Bryant. How are you? Keith Sharon. How are you? I'm good. I thought we hadn't been talking for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just saying hi for the first time, but. Uh, behind the scenes chatter. Right. You By will never way, know what we said behind the scenes. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. I'm sure it was I'll forget. Right. Okay. I do have to, I meant to ask you this before, but now I got to know. Are you in a closet? I'm not in a closet. Oh, you're looking at, oh my God, what a question is that? Are you, never mind. I'm not in a closet. But I feel like you can touch both walls. Like, what are you touching? Yeah, well, I mean, this isn't actually a wall. It's more like over here to my right is more like a column, if you will, that comes out from the wall. This is a wall over here, and this is the front of my house on my left. But then over here, I have a very open floor plan. Here, let me just turn my camera. In. Let's take a go crib style. That's what we're gonna I, do this yeah. episode. Let's do I cribs. Can, Dustin Bryant cribs. So you oh, see I that's got the you. wall there. Yeah, and then I like got very, you. See Scotty. Scotty, say hi. Wave. What's up, Scotty? <laughs> he says, "What's up, Scotty?" Yeah, he's over there playing some 
baseball video game. Mondays are his day off, so that's what he does. I love it. All right, now I got to get my cameras back. (laughs) This is awesome podcasting right here. No, it just looked like that was like an actual wall, but it was more like a little jaunt. My bad. What is happening? Okay. There we, there we go. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're no, back. I have a very open floor plan. I have no door to my office. It's no, I just saw fun. it look like a wall there. And I was like, man, are you in like a water closet? Like, what's going no, on? No, I don't even know what somebody would do with this area. Maybe put a bookcase. I don't even, I turned away from the microphone. Maybe they put a bookcase right here or something. Cause it's just kind of like a, I don't know, maybe a four, <laughs> four foot wingspan here. What is my wingspan? Maybe a four, four and a half this foot. Is- <laughs> this is what you get when you get like brother and sister on a podcast together. We're just talking whatever. So it's a formal dining room area, but right. I mean, who needs a formal dining room anymore these days? That's we, right. We ain't the rich folk. <laughs> right. Although we do live in the, the rich hood, but oh my gosh, we won't get started on that. You right. don't live so, here, do you? You live across the river, don't you? I live in Maumel. I didn't know that. I thought you, you did. We Laura. played each other in soccer. Well, that's why I thought you lived somewhere else because we were adversaries. We didn't play same teams. I know, but there's like 15 mall male soccer teams. But anyway, no, whatever. Um, okay. Yeah, I live in Country Club, right. Arkansas. So well, interesting how we never see each other unless we're in the conference circuit. Isn't that funny? Like we're from the same town <laughs> and never see each other. All right. So, you know what's really funny? What's I went that? to the GIS conference, uh, the Gamma Iota Stigma conference. I think it was last month or the yeah. month before. This was hilarious. So, I'm sitting in the airport, I'm working on some stuff. And, um, I think it was Wes or somebody that told me that Cindy Burleson was going to be going to GIS too. And I was like, Oh, really cool. So I sent her a text message. I was like, Hey, going off to GIS, heard you're going to be there. Get a text back from her. I hear a ding in the background and I'm like, this is really interesting timing. You know, I'm like, okay, well I'll see you there. And she's like, Hey, when do you leave? I was like, ah, well, I'm actually boarding a plane in 30 minutes. And she's like, so am I. So we're texting back and forth and I keep hearing the dings, but my brain is just not chiming in. Right. right? And so she's like, oh, really? What, uh, you know, what flight carrier you're on? I was like, oh, AA. And she's like, oh, well, me too. And she's like, where are you? And I turn around. I was like, I'm right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> like we were behind each other the whole time. She was facing one direction. I was facing the opposite direction. And we're just oh, that's texting each other. It was hilarious. It was awesome. That is hilarious. Y'all didn't sit beside each other, did you? No, uh-uh. she that sat be behind fun. me somewhere, but she had three um, college professionals. Yeah. I'm trying to stop calling them kiddos, but they that was, uh, that's really adorable. funny when you do. It makes me laugh every time I hear you. The one episode you're like, I'm sorry to call you kiddos, but you're kiddos. You're just kids to me. It was cute. Yeah, I know. They're but so um, yeah, that's really funny. So what? Uh, so the audience that may not know that live under a rock that don't know who Dustin Bryant is. Oh, Keep living under me. your rock. Right. <laughs> You know, she's giving me the evil eye. We're not going to use video because I promised I wouldn't because she looks terrible right now. But <gasps> I'm kidding. Oh my God. Now you're using the video because that's not true at all. No, she looks great. Terrible. Even when I look my, you know, half mom bun-esque, I still look fabulous. Of course you do. But All right, we're on a podcast. So, let's go. Let's go. All right. So it's been like 100 episodes since you were on. So it's so cool for me. Like to be legitimately? To yeah. You were episode twenty five. You're gonna Google it. Go I ahead. <laughs> I want you. To, I want you to do keep this talking. Right I will return to the conversation in just a moment. <laughs> so, first of all, while she's doing that and checking my facts, because I, I think you're episode like twenty five, and I'm on episode one hundred and forty something. 
But anyway, uh, and I'm very proud of myself that I could say I've done 147. Yes, congratulations. How many people care about what I have to say? <laughs> it's funny. But anyway. Um, I know, right? So I feel the same. I like, am. Why a, are you still listening? Right? Because you're so funny. Wait, I am? My husband says I'm not. Oh, I think you're hilarious. Um, so yeah, those that are listening. Uh, 21. So what episode are you on? 140 something. So yeah, oh. it's, been a, it's been a hot minute. Uh, it was, was right. August twentieth, twenty twenty. Isn't that crazy? And now that it's, episode. So now it's October thirty first, the day yeah. of the dead. Oh God! Did you have to say Day of the Dead? It is uh, the day. Is is it not the Day of the Dead? It is the Day of the Dead. Is it? It's all Hallow's Eve. I I hate Halloween. You know, truth be told, I hate it. Um, unpopular oh, opinion. Day of the Dead is November first. My bad. I am so sorry for anybody who actually. You're going to make me have to edit. I'm going to edit a whole lot of this. It is. It is the Day of the Dead <laughs> Eve. I apologize for. I may um, not edit any of this, but anyway, no, um, I don't have worth time. It. All right. So tell us a little bit. Um, whatever. So go back to episode 21 and that story <laughs> is totally told on episode 21 you, and you'll get so some humble, higher hits it. on that episode. Um, long story short, I was at Brown and Brown for a hot many years, adored my team there and was presented with the opportunity for the National Alliance, which I'm just kind of um, an analytical black and white kind of brain. I like what is in black and white on paper, because then I can point to something and see and say, see, you're wrong. It says it right here. You know, um, so when I was presented with the opportunity with the National Alliance to pretty much do that on a full time basis, not tell people that they're wrong, but just to sit and read policy language all day long. I was like, hell yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Love I it. love printing out policies and, you know, snuggling up in bed with my covers and you reading. actually do. Oh my God. You wouldn't believe what I actually do with policy language. So yeah. Um, no. And so actually, you know what? I really do love it. I've been working on, so of course at the National Alliance, we have designations as the ICCISR, the most popular ones that people have come to know and love, but we also have CRM and, um, CPRM and CSRM, you know, there's other ones. Um, but I've been working on a custom build course for the CISR for an insurance company. And I just, I love it. Because I get to read their policy. I read their policy language. We, of course, we can't teach policy language from every insurance carrier. It's not possible to put that into one course, right? Right. And it would be super confusing, especially when you're trying to test. So we use ISO policy language, advisory policy language, if you will, standardized policy language, if you will, from the insurance service office in order to build our courses. So when another company kind of wants a custom product, we take their policy language and we put it in where ISO's policy language is so that they can teach their agents and their intercompany people about their policies. And it's so much fun because you get to see the differences just the same way as being an account manager or a producer or whatever, where you have to compare your policy products beyond the deck page people um, and really decide which products are best for your client and meet their needs and yada, yada. So I get to do that and it can be a little stressful at times, but it is actually really fun um, to do. And then when I get to talk to their subject matter experts, it fills that hole in my heart that I've been missing about arguing with claims 
adjusters <laughs> and underwriters about how to interpret their policy language. And of course it's there. So they're like, no, I know this all day long. And I'm like, yeah, but do you see how ambiguous it is that you could actually get this in there? They're like, but it won't happen that way. I'm like, says you, right. <laughs> like, now I want to buy your policy just so I can make it happen that way. No, it's fine. Um, no. So it's, you know, it's really great. I actually do really love discovering all the different types of endorsements and policy language and, and, and coverage gaps and, and really strict coverage parts that are just fun to kind of pick apart. And then I want to become that carrier's sales marketing person because now I understand their product, but that's not what I do. So I'm not going to do that. So, but yeah, that's what I do here at the National Alliance and it's fun. And then of course I do the podcast thing and that kind of has its peaks and its valleys. You know, um, you're a podcaster, yeah. you know, I, the whole social media presence can sometimes have peaks and valleys and it is what it is. And I, I absolutely adore talking um, to lots of different people. And I love our production team and our media team and wouldn't be able to do it without them. And yeah, love our faculty and everything else. Like how much more do you want to know? <laughs> that's awesome i wish i had a team like that that'd be cool like a production team that's so awesome you just get to be pretty and show up in your hoodie i know and, and you get to say you have a it. producer so it's really fun how cool is that okay so let's go <laughs> back for a minute because it's been you brought up something that triggered me for a minute uh, in a good way uh -oh, so, trigger warning right so going back to your days at brown and brown uh, and as a account manager um or what was that was that your title um, so I was the, I was an account manager, but I was the personal lines department leader. Okay. So we had the two offices. Um, and then I kind of was in charge of the book of business of, you know, okay. overseeing so all were, of that. And yeah. when you were talking to people, uh, you're, uh, when you were managing people, or when you were trying to talk to clients, whatever it might've been, whether there's were there particular endorsements that you put on every single policy? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, if it didn't already come with extended replacement costs or, you know, the few carriers that we had that did offer guaranteed replacement costs, you know, you'd try to sell that every time you could. Absolutely water backup. And everybody's like, right. oh, well, I'm not going to flood. Honey, this isn't flood. It's water backup. But while you said the word flood, let me go yeah. ahead and talk about that one too. You know, um, water backup utility line was kind of a newer one that not too many yeah, the people service would jump line on board cool. with. That's yeah. But not too many people would jump on board with it though, because again, they'd expect that the utility company is going to be the one to, you know, pay for that. And it was kind of hard to convince them otherwise. And then, um, and then of course they get the notices on their bill that they could purchase, you know, for $5 extra a month, they could purchase the utility line coverage through their utility company, which then of course my sell back on that was, well, do you want to deal with your utility company right. on that claim? Or would you like to deal with your insurance agent? Who's not going to try and tell you it's not their fault. Um, so let's see that I said the water backup, the utility line earthquake, if I could, that was kind of hit or miss. That was like a 50, 50 sale as to whether or not somebody would take earthquake. Um, what I mean, else how would you, I add? How did you feel about like equipment breakdowns? Equipment breakdown. Um, if it was already included in the policy, absolutely. It was a harder sell on the back end, though. If it wasn't, if it's an extra endorsement that they can see as a charge line, yeah. they want to know what that's about. And then it's kind of like buying a service warranty plan. They they almost try to take their chances as to whether or not a refrigerator is going to break down or, you know, whatever. Right. 
So I'm the same way. I don't buy those two or three year warranty plans that because I'm like, if it breaks down, there's going to be a cooler refrigerator out there. So I'll just go buy a new one. <laughs> right. no, no, I get it. That's why I asked you. Okay. So yeah, but, yeah, but that one can be very beneficial, particularly with your higher value things like your, your um, HVAC and stuff like that for equipment breakdown. Yeah. And so when I talk to salespeople and account managers about you know, selling on coverage, not on price and not being so stuck on price. You're like, yeah, but if you start adding these things, then it's going to make the price go up. And then they want to know this and that. I talked to them about leading with education and this, that, and the other. But coming from someone who's sat in that seat way smarter than I am, what is one piece of advice you could tell them? Like leading with that education, like if they're trying to add on a particular endorsement, you feel you like know, a this is you really funny. Okay. So you know how five-year-olds repeat everything, right? Yeah. Uh, we were watching TV the other day and I want to say it was a big name company commercial that came on and it was like, only, only pay for what you need. I know everybody's going to yeah. recognize that tagline. Yeah. Only pay for what you need. So here comes my five, five-year-old, only pay for what you need. And then my 12-year-old sitting beside me and she starts giggling. I went, you know what? If this was so easy, if insurance coverage was so easy that the consumer could pick what they think they need, why do I need to be licensed? One, why do I need to have continuing education? Two, (laughs) you know, it's like if this was so easy to pick what we need, here's the thing is how do you know what you're going to need? the time of a loss. You don't. That's what insurance is about. And it's really funny. uh, Again, somebody, I think we were in the car the other day and somebody pulled out. No, I think I wasn't paying attention. I almost T-boned somebody. I didn't say that on a podcast. (laughs) Um, but it was, it was a BMW and I was like, oh, well, they'd have great insurance. Of course, my husband's a cop. He's like, yeah, but you pulled out in front of them. So it'd be your fault. I was like, yeah, whatever. I wasn't even, You know, Uh and then I said, that's fine. I have, you know, an X million dollar umbrella. And my, my daughter goes, we don't have that much money. How did you get that much money? I'm like, let me explain the principles of umbrella. Right? (laughs) How do you know what you're going to need at the time of the accident? You don't, you need an insurance advisor. That's going to tell you the types of claims that they've seen in order to explain these coverages and why they're essential and how much money you could be out and what it means to protect both your current and future assets. Because people just seem to think, oh, I've got X dollars in my savings account. That's going to be enough. Well, it might be enough for that you know, one situation, but is it going to be enough if somebody slaps you with a high enough lawsuit that now you've got to worry about your future income too? You know? No, I love it. What's, so, what's another I mean, example outside of a car wreck for an umbrella? Another example outside of a car wreck for an umbrella, libel or slander. Hello, we're on social media all the freaking time. And here's the thing. Just because you don't think you've done something wrong doesn't mean somebody can't sue you. Right. And the defense coverage that's provided in your umbrella is something that you're going to need because your umbrella will kick that in for you. Do you have the money to provide your own defense at this particular time? I mean, you might, you might have your savings. You might have an attorney on retainer who knows who you are, but still, so libel or slander. I mean, your kids, they're constantly, when you have kids, what the heck are your kids doing? Right? Like I was going to say my kids are like my (laughs) biggest reason for having an umbrella because my son is 14. It's scary. No, but he wants to. No, but he's 14 and he does dumb stuff. And I'm like, tonight is Halloween. Do not do anything stupid. Oh, right. Everybody has a ring doorbell now. And if I find you on social media, because one of my friends. Especially here in our town. Oh my God. Oh. They will post those videos on social so quick. It's not even It's funny. so funny. My son can't get away with anything. The other day, 
because we live across the street from Kroger. And so, which Kroger is a uh, grocery store here in Arkansas, for those who don't know who Kroger is. And he's riding around on one of those stupid handicap carts. I shouldn't say stupid. They're wonderful. I I have to use one. But he's riding around on one, and he ends up bumping into an end cap and knocking everything off. I find out about it immediately because one of my friends saw it, sent me a picture. It was like, here's your dumbass son making a mistake at Kroger. So I texted my son immediately. It was like, pick up the mess, return the cart, and go apologize to the manager. He's like, Dad, how did you know? I was like, I know everybody. I wouldn't have just stopped with the manager. I would have started with whoever stocked that end cap, too, because they just saw their entire effort go Go all across the floor. That's true. I didn't think about that. (laughs) Like, if they're off and they're at home, call them in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so, luckily for him, I wasn't home. Otherwise, I'd have drove to uh, Kroger. Luckily, I know some of the managers at Kroger. And I was like, did he come apologize? Like, yes. Uh, yeah. But I mean, anyhow, you know, to another point, the on kids. The umbrella, your kids, when they start driving, yeah. it takes one hapless mistake. They didn't mean to. And honestly, they don't. And it takes one no, hapless right. mistake for your liability to be on the line with that. Right. Right. So if you've got kids that are driving, there's no reason for you not to have an umbrella. And then of course, my last and final point on umbrella would be UMUIM. Yes. We are at a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen, and I hate to interrupt this fantastic conversation, but I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Agency Performance Partners. They are your BFF. They are the BFF to agency owners all across the country, stepping in over 1,500 agencies, solving the industry's biggest challenges. And, And those challenges usually begin and end with people. Uh, with sales training, with retention, and they have such a unique, fun approach. And I love being a part of their team. I love having them as a part of my show. It is absolutely uh, phenomenal. And it's so much fun for me uh, to see uh, what we're talking about here. So um, if you're interested in working uh, with agency performance partners at all, um, they have multiple consultants, uh, myself included, I would love to work with your team. I would love the opportunity to introduce you to some of the other coaches that we have on the team. Uh, please uh, go to agencyperformancepartners.com. Also, my good friends over at Cover Desk. Uh, they are the premier solution for virtual assistants. Uh, and, and again, I, I, the word virtual uh, on this is uh, they're virtual because they're in another, another country, but they become a part of your team in a real way that's not virtual. I mean, they become a part of your team that's so real in the agency owners that hire V. A's from Coverdesk just go on and on and on how much they love them. They become part of their family. They become part of their team. They know their background. They know their story. Um, and they just could not do their agency without them. And so it's not just um, about a Band-Aid. This is about having somebody that comes in and becomes a part of your team and uh, solves some, uh, some major issues and hurdles for you in big ways. Go to Coverdesk.com and check it out. Tell Andy that I sent you. They become a part of the hiring process to help you find the right virtual assistant for your agency. I just, again, I can't go uh, say enough good things. And I am so proud to have them as a part of my my team and uh, have them a part of the podcast. And to hear you guys come back to me, email me with all the cool things that you've gotten out of CoverDesk. It's really cool. Uh, let's get back to the show. Right. If you're going to purchase an umbrella to protect your liability from others and everybody will always say, well, they're supposed to have auto insurance just because they're supposed to have it doesn't mean they're gonna. 
And not only that, somebody else, if they don't have insurance, they're probably really reckless to begin with, right? And you're going to end up in a situation that can really put your family at harm if you don't have those higher limits of UM, UIM. And yes, it adds a pretty penny to your umbrella premium, but it is so worth it in the long run. It truly is. And okay, let me put you on the spot and ask you, how many times did a policy go out the door or an account go out the door with just home auto without an umbrella? For me, mm, quote, never. Always okay. have the umbrella quote. Whether or not they bought it, that's on them. I can't force them to buy it. I can give right, them but all, all the information every time. they have. <laughs> yeah, but every time has an umbrella. Every time. Yeah, I quote. yeah, Whether I try to tell yes. people all the time, at least quote at least four lines of coverage if you can. But yeah, the umbrella's got to be on there. Uh, at least quote it, you know, uh, because also you think about an E&O situation, like you didn't tell me about the umbrella right. or you didn't tell me about this or that. It's like, wait, wait, yeah. I quoted it. It's right there on the Same quote. Same with flood. Now, did I yeah. quote flood every time? I did not quote flood every time. Is that a flood, flood zone is, situation? Flood is a pain in the bootocks to quote. Now, if they're in a high flood zone, then yes, you need to quote it because if mm-hmm. they've got a mortgage, then you know they've got to have it. And if they don't have a mortgage, right. then they need a quote on it anyways. But when you've got the preferred risk policies, you know, there's kind of standard pricing there. You can kind of ballpark it. And on that quote risk sheet that you send them for, you know, their their yeah. proposal, you can say flood approximately this amount so that you've got something there. Your know, price may change if you actually want this quote quoted, but you need to make sure that, that everybody is at risk for flood. You do not have to be in a high risk flood zone to have a quote unquote flood. We won't go into the particulars on that, but look it up. <laughs> Again, nerding out on some insurance. And I love it. So. <laughs> And I'm not a flood expert, so don't get me talking about flood either. We just right. incorporated that into one of the, the programs that we updated for CISR. It's now, it used to be called Personal Lines Miscellaneous. It's now called Other Personal Lines Solutions, and it now includes a component of flood coverage. And the reason why I advocated for it, because we're not, I said this before we started recording, we're not a bunch of bozos writing curriculum. We actually do know what we're doing and talking about. We've been in the industry. We're still involved in the industry as much as we possibly can be. But I remember being a baby insurancer, like my first couple of years. And that very first phone call that I got that was like, I'm closing on my house. I need a flood quote. Nobody had ever mentioned flood to me before at that point. And I had no freaking clue what to do. And that's not something you can get in five minutes. Exactly. So oh. the whole point to adding the flood information in the CISR program was to at least let baby insurancers or whomever's taking that course know flood is there. And that like the one thing I really hope they take away from it is where you can go and find it because you don't have to know flood to go and find it and get somebody who does know flood to quote it. Right. So yeah, and I I mean, remember that was a huge deal. The other one was vacant homes. I didn't know what the heck to do with vacant homes. at first. Right. And I was like the vacant home queen. <laughs> But um, like when we hit record, I, I begged Dustin to come on before, I guess it was like day before yesterday. It was and we, didn't really, and we didn't really have a topic. So <laughs> we're going to have fun with this. Um, but no, I think there's a lot of, I have a lot of producers that email me and like, they love when we do these kind of technical episodes. So I was glad to have you on to be smart like that. Um, and I know you were never necessarily in a sales role, but. What? Having, hey, no, you shut your mouth. My bad. I, I take it back. <laughs> I'm okay. editing that out. 
I'm editing here, that out. No, right you do not edit that out. You do not edit that out. And here is why. This is one of the reasons why I, I like to focus on the account manager role because some people, a lot of people, for some reason, forget account managers as salespeople. Holy crap, you guys. Wait, wait. Account I, I get... managers are salespeople. Yes, we they are. Sell... No, no, no. Well, mm, you let me speak. Yes, <laughs> we do sell direct to consumer. And every single time that client calls in, even if we're not the, yes. you know, the new business producer, which I did do new business, but every time that person calls in is another touch point for us to sell another product or add yes. another endorsement. Yes, we are sales. I should have worded right. that differently. What I meant warning, was, <laughs> I wording, God bless. What God I meant bless, was like, you're going to get me on a soapbox. I hate. Okay, let me I tell do you too, this. because I, I teach don't this. Use the word every, hate. I train this every week that account managers are salespeople. And every time you're on the phone, it's an opportunity to upsell, cross sell. Well, then why the heck like did that. you just say I wasn't a salesperson? I meant like outside salesperson is what I meant. Did I go out and, you know, deliver the donuts and all of that kind of? No, I didn't. Did I go out and do small? I did not do small business. I was personalized. Right. right. So, And not only that, but in our agency, you referred in that the, the producer got the new business, whether it was a key person from a small business account or a large commercial account, whatever. You got the key person. They handled that yes. point of contact because that's their their influence, right? But if they had a referral that came in, that's us. That's brand new business. And we do that because the producer needs to be out there on the street doing the outside stuff. We got the inside stuff. If somebody calls in on the phone and their new business and never before been to our agency, that's us. So, 100%. I mean. Girl, that was a misspoken sentence. And I got you off my bad. Well, okay. So I was going to say, you were like, I don't need to say the word hate you yourself. I hate, I hate when I go to conferences and there is so much focus on new business and producers and there is hardly a focus on the inside salesperson that drives a lot of that. And not only just new business inside sales, but the retention, because you cannot have a profitable book of business with just new business sales. Sorry, it's not going to happen. You no, I agree. Have a and that's why I, Kelly and I have a course on proactive retention and making those outbound phone calls to your clients and being proactive. You, need defensive. Said, you don't just need proactive. You need defensive retention, too. But that's what everybody does is defensive retention. When the phone rings and someone's pissed off because it's this or that or the other. We would rather get ahead of it and call them God dog. <laughs> you know, here at the National Alliance, I may be the one that writes education, but I am a salesperson here at the National Alliance too. Everywhere you go, Heath, you are a salesperson for your own brand and for you. Oh, and you know, not just in the way that you go and do, you know, let me offer you this course and that course. The way you present yourself is as a salesperson. I, I Every agree. person in that agency, including the person that's answering the phones, is a salesperson for that agency. Every time, yeah, it's an opportunity, good or bad. When you're out in public, when you answer the phone, when you're talking to people, I tell my kids that. That's a parent principle too. Like, so In my I, opinion, I, I'm a salesperson for independent agents at this point because I have had consumers call me and ask me why they need an agent versus going direct. That's good. So, I mean, I you are you a salesperson that. on so many different levels. It may not even just be for your brand. You're a salesperson within the industry and promoting a good image. Agree. You're salespeople. Okay, don't ever call me not a salesperson again. <laughs> I just meant... Like the title of outside sales is all I meant. And I had a question <laughs> built baked into that. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Man. What was your question? I don't even know now. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to attack you. 
No, I, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Um, God, I, I don't even know. Friends. So, all right. So we were talking coverages. We were talking insurance nerdy stuff. We were talking this or that. Where was that? I don't know. But you did mention, uh, and I got you off track for a minute because I triggered. You had. A, you said. A I'll talk to it. my therapist about that later. I really should learn to not get triggered so easily. Right, I'm the same way. <laughs> I was at, at Bible study last time. We talked about in your anger, do not sin, and so. <laughs> You almost sinned on me there, but anyway. So, <laughs> so what about um, this new thing? That you this new course you talking about? It used to be called insula- insurance miscellaneous, and now yeah, personalized miscellaneous. Yeah. So you know, it was um, personalized miscellaneous. It's one of the CISR courses. You have and to take five courses what? to get the CISR designation. Um, but now it's called other personalized solution. Because what the heck is personalized miscellaneous? And right? when does that come out? Ah, January, January, 2023. I'm so excited. Um, We have a phenomenal group of instructional designers here at the National Alliance that I have worked very closely with. Is my new friend on that team? Uh, Yes, Emily Bentley. She has been a dream to work with. She is awesome. Yeah. She is. She is really awesome. But not just her. We've got graphic designers that are really making sure that the PowerPoints and the learning guide look sharp. Um, we've got QC checkers that are making sure that everything looks and sounds right. Maybe we, you know, forgot a comma here or didn't put something in quotation marks when we should have, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have a whole team of people that have really been working on this and they've been absolutely phenomenal. And I owe them everything because I know that I have stressed them to no end, but we did just pilot it last week and it looked so good. And we've incorporated um, yeah, a lot of different things that we hear through surveys because we absolutely want and need the surveys after each of the courses. And we listen to those, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And, you know, so- get them, they truly don't have names on them. So I don't know who commented on them. But when we come to these course revisions where we are really trying to get the, the, the client serve or the client's voice, the participant's voice, the insurance agent's voice in there, um, you know, when 2020 hit, everybody know what happened and we all went remote kind of thing and all of our courses went webinar and we continued to deliver that that way. But then we lost some of the voice there because you couldn't interact so much. You're just sitting on a webinar, right? So we've um, we've adopted a new platform, go to training right. so that you can open mic and turn your cameras on and you can see everybody else chatting, which is before you could only see you and the organizer. That was right. Kind of boring. Right? Um, we did do the pilot on go to training and people got to turn on their cameras and we got to see their beautiful faces. And we got to hear their beautiful voices and they got to interact. We've included some interactive learning activities where you get to open open your mic and talk to the instructor about stuff and they respond back to you. There's some independent kind of research. We're doing some emerging risk stuff in there. Wow. Um, just to kind of, you know, and again, I sat there and thought like, what did I need in the first three years of being right. an insurance person? Yeah. Right. Because for me, it was, here's your desk, have fun. You know, I had to listen to everything going on around me. So when I, I did this course, I really thought about what I needed. One thing was I didn't know what to do with blood. So I told you we included a component of flood for that. But another was when something oddball happened, when it wasn't standard stuff like home and auto, I didn't know what to do with it. So as much as we incorporated emerging risks in terms of what crypto might be or what cannabis might be or whatever, really what we were trying to do with that was just get the wheels turning. When you get hit with something weird, what do you need to do? How can you get those wheels start to turning so that you're not sitting at your desk going, I don't know what to do with that. I don't even know who to ask. 
I don't even know where to go. So it's just meant, it's an activity that's just meant yeah. to get you to start a risk assessment on whatever this weirdness is that you just got stuck with and to try and figure out what to do next. And so it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. I'm so excited about it. We did a very small group that we piloted with. Well, what's funny is you say that there's a lot more of those weird or awkward things that happen than you think. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're attacking that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all it is, is like, it, it's a really, I love it. I adore it. I know everybody that had their hands on it and worked uh, on it. They love it too. I'm excited to see it roll out in January, 2023 and, and to see what kind of um, adoption or exception uh, or acceptance yeah. that it gets. So that's awesome. Uh, so January, 2022, 2023, uh, three, 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 three. God, <laughs> you love to correct people. Just I love accuracy, that bro. Just accuracy, bro. I hear you. So, um, all right. Is there anything else going on? The National Alliance related? It's coming out. There's new. always something going on at the National Alliance. We are doing I, everything that we can to really update our curriculum to meet our learners where they're at. So if you're not getting something, let us know and we'll figure it out. Right. And it's so like affordable right now to do so oh don't even get me started on the prices <laughs> it's my show but i feel yeah. like it's like for what i understand like it's like less than a thousand bucks for like a subscription model it's crazy. right the subscription is like crazy um competitive and and and, and what I truly love about the subscription model is that um, it, a lot of people get hung up on testing anxiety and they don't like tests. Of course, you yeah. need to, to, to take the test in order to pass the designation. And it's true that if everybody passed the designation, um, it wouldn't be as valuable to those that really worked their asses off yeah. to complete that designation, right? We really hold our designations very close to us. I know I hold mine very close to me. Um, so the whole subscription thing, though... If you don't pass the test, you just sign up for the course again. But if you didn't pass the test, then you missed something a little bit. And that's that's okay. Everybody learns at a different rate. Um, but you don't have to worry about the additional cost of another course. You don't have to worry about going back to your employer and saying, I just failed that $400 course. Will you buy yeah. it for me again? With the subscription, you go, well, dang, that sucked. I didn't pass that. Let me see what I didn't. Or maybe sign up for a different instructor. Maybe a different instructor will deliver it a little bit differently so that you understand, or if you don't like the webinar instructor thing, maybe go and look at the online self-paced and then you can walk yourself through the course because maybe you got distracted while you were listening. Before the new course, the other personal line solution and that instructor had me in stitches so much that I could not even pay attention to what he was saying because he said <laughs> something. I think we were in the flood section, honestly. And he said something about gully washers and frog squashers. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, like, what? you gotta love that old school language and like country bumpkin language. Just like the next 10 minutes of instruction because I was so hung up on holy washers and frog, and frog squashers. And I messaged somebody else that was like, okay, I have heard of a gully washer, but what the heck is a frog squasher? And somebody said it's where it rains so much that the frogs come out and then the cars squish them. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. I get that. But the point is, is what I was just saying is that maybe you were in stitches laughing about gully washers and frog squashers and you missed whatever came next. Maybe you'll do better in an online self-paced format because then you that don't makes have sense. to worry about Southern dialect. Right. That makes total <laughs> sense. Um, so I, I feel 
I feel like, like I said, I think it's awesome. I feel like it's so like, there's no excuses not to be involved, not to get a designation and people that don't think they're important. They truly are. It's kind of like having your master's and in insurance. If you get your CIC and if you're going to be an insurance, it's like the mob. You can't get out. Once you get in, it's like impossible. So you might as well take the best of it. You might as well get your master's, so to speak, get a designation, keep getting, and you get to network at those events. You get to know other people if they're live events anyway. No, so. I mean, and all of insurance is pretty much that way. It's, um, I mean, it's easy to fall into and it's really hard to get out of. Once you're it here, truly, you're kind of stuck. It truly with is. This, so. It truly is. All right. So uh, thank you very much. Tell me really quickly on awkward insurance. Uh, anything? What, what's going on with you guys, real quick, and then we'll shut it down. Yeah, no, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, we're fixing a wrap up season three, um, which is really cool. I, we haven't quite reached our 50th episode yet, but it's coming up, and so we're scheming something for the 50th episode. I just nice. don't know what yet. Um, we're doing really well. Like they keep reporting the numbers, and I'm like, I don't know if that's good or not, but everybody's like super excited about it, so I assume that it's really good. But you know, for the four season coming up and I don't even know how long we're going to keep doing these season things to be honest with you we started it by accident the whole seasonal thing um because then I wanted to uh, you know have a co-host and so we started that off as a season two kind of thing and then the co-host left and so now we needed a season three and we're going to be introducing a new co-host for season four um Ash Fitz is going to be my new co-host But no, you know, we're just going to kind of, I think we're going to kind of like go back to our roots a little bit. We started in 2020. I forget when you started. Was it 2022? Like spring 2020? Yeah. Remember your episode 21? Oh, yeah. August of 2020. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So. (laughs) About you, about me, about me. (laughs) I think we're just going to kind of go back to our roots and um, really find like people within the industry that are just you know, doing their thing and doing it well kind of situation. And, yeah. you know, what makes this industry so amazing is all the people in it. So if people wanted to either submit guest ideas or submit themselves as a guest or talk to you about anything, can they? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. No, they can totally um, do that through our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group, um, Awkward okay. Insurance, and it's, it's really small right now, which is, you know, kind of the way I love things is, yeah, because you can you you start to notice people's names, Alexander uh, or Alex. He's in there um, and he's like, you know, fan zero zero one, I think, because he's just yeah. like all over the place with us. He just recently did a video where he got a double package of swag and he like did one of those videos where he followed the package and he gave it to somebody else. It was really kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, no, they can do that on the Awkward Insurance Facebook page or I think our official website for um, our podcast is on Simplecast, I think. Um, I'd have to look at that really quick. You kind of caught me off guard on that one. Um but yeah, so they can do that. And then, of course, whenever we post a website or post a, uh, an episode, we link an article to it for the podcast that kind of talks about who the guest yeah. is. And there's a place, a comment section down there at the bottom that sends us an email as well, where they can submit those types of requests, too. So awesome. Good deal. Um, exit from this uh, podcast is totally weird and awkward, but thanks. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for spending time with me and Dustin today on the show. I know we had a little fun. We got a little goofy. We did some cool stuff, but we also got into some fun conversations too. I really hope that the value that we brought, like the content we brought, (laughs) brought value to your day-to-day. That's my goal with every one of these episodes. If you haven't gone 
to like and subscribe. Please do. I don't ask that often, but please do. Um, download some of the past episodes. Um, uh, there's some really good stuff out there. All the guests I've brought on, I've brought on for a reason because I thought that they would be a great uh, contributor to your agency, to your team, to your professional career. So go check those out. Um, if you have an idea for your own show, go to getreadysetpodcast.com and check it out. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. Look forward to hanging out with you again next week. Thank you.